0: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to the best of That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for tuning in. Just sneak we will be back in 2024 with all new episodes and guests, so stay tuned for an awesome new year full of great content. Now, if you're looking to quit or cut back on your drinking through the holidays or as we approach the new year, we have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there and it's helped hundreds of men all over the country quit drinking alcohol it's called Quit Drinking Dude, The Ultimate Men's Guide to Quit Drinking Alcohol and Stay Sober for 30 Days or More. And in honor of the holiday season this year, we want to give you 25 bucks off when you sign up today. You get 30 podcasts in 30 days, plus daily exercises and a private men's group to keep you connected and hold you accountable. You can sign up today and use the promo code 25OFF, you got to spell it out, 25OFF at checkout, and you can do that at soberguide.com. You can also find more information as well as other podcasts, other resources, or you can contact us all once again at thatsoberguy.com. And uh, on behalf of the Raymer family, uh, we want to wish you all a very fun, a very happy, uh, and of course, a very sober minded holiday season. And we hope that you enjoy the best of that Sober Guy podcast. <laughs> Check out The Payoff with Pete. Make sure you subscribe to the show. I'm so excited to introduce Pete to you today. Um, There's some dudes who you just hit it off with and you just vibe so well with. And when I was on The Payoff with Pete on Pete's podcast, I really felt that vibe as well as having Pete on Sober Guy today. Uh, And I think you're going to pick up on that as well and really enjoy this conversation. So sit back, grab something non-alcoholic to sip on, and enjoy the show. I think that's why people like podcasting too, is that long or more of a longer format of a real conversation an authentic conversation. It's not a bunch of chopped up, you know, clips of something. Um, and, and so people can really dive into that, you know, and they can, they can feel like they're, they're actually a part of the conversation. I know that's what drew me to podcasting, especially commuting for so long. You know, I would sit there and then I was hearing stuff I was also learning too, because I listened to a lot of entrepreneur uh, podcasting as well, just in like how to start a podcast back then. But that part was so fun too. It was motivating. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Totally. And, and, and it's, and you start to realize for me, like you can learn, like you learned, like through podcasts. You really can. And you can also, you know, that free, but the the, 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 long form, um, you discover more truths over time. I think, uh, okay. you know, cause I'm a big, I grew up, especially after I got sober, I started to listen to Howard Stern a ton and like some of his interviews are so great and they're long as shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's like, sometimes I'll listen to, I'll, I'll turn on a podcast that I really like, you know, I'm like, Oh man, it's only 45 minutes. You know, like that's, <laughs> uh, that's the time that I know. All I really right. am into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I that's funny. We just had a uh let me pull this up here. I just had a a, a review on iTunes the other day and uh it was you know, we love to get the the five-star reviews, right? This was a four-star review and I said I said, "Man, why the hell did a guy leave a four-star review?" What it, what what time he said He said, "I keep li- listening if I'm interested." but I wish the episodes were longer. <laughs> I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> and so there, you just proved it right there. I mean, are the guys, Steve, Steve, the audio guy, is who left it. So thanks Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, yeah, you go, you're Steve. right. Yeah. You're on it like that long for, I mean, that's like Rogan, right? Rogan will go like two, three hours sometimes, you know, and I have that's to chop amazing, those amazing. up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, too. I'll, and you can piecemeal them. Right? You can go back or if you have a, like like a super long drive, yeah. You can listen to the whole thing, totally, totally. Yeah, if you're commuting
0: for a while, you're going out of town or whatever. That's always a good, a good spot too. So you, when you said Stern, Matt, do you remember Hank the drunken
1: dwarf? Oh, dude, of <laughs> The course, angry dude. it was Hank the angry drunken dwarf, dude. That yes, guy was and insane. he was angry. He was pissed, man. And he had incredible knowledge of of uh, music trivia, like nobody <laughs> better. So they would have they would have Hank in there. And he would dominate, and it's so funny, you know. It shows we if we've got it somewhere in there. If we can just rattle yeah. it free,
0: oh, I know, yeah. I know. It's like uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, intelligence packed into some of these crazy minds of ours, you know. But it's like you said, it's just almost trying to find a way to access them and put them into more of a healthy format.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think that we have, you know, everybody um, that I have come across. Really, I mean, we all have gifts like, like God given gifts or whatever you believe in, but you come to this world with certain things you can, you can give. And if we're just clouding it with alcohol and just pouring right? Like drugs and alcohol on every emotion we have, then we're not like none of those gifts yeah. are able to come to fruition. You know, you're the one that yeah. told me last week, what was it like? It's like the alcohol, what is it? Alcohol, alcohol. It's like the, it yeah. eats your soul. Yeah, it's it's body eating
0: spirits and it it suppresses our consciousness. So you're right on point with that. Like it it literally suppresses the true nature of what we can become, what we strive to be, who we want to be, those gifts that you're talking about. Like that, it it definitely I know it did that to me. Like it just made me I think we talked about it on your podcast. Like we have these things we want to do but we just dream about them. We just talk a lot about them. We don't ever do anything with them when we're actively drinking. Cause we're just, we're not actionable. You know, we're just
1: stuck. It's the worst. Yeah. And the motivation you get from like drinking or drugs, that's like finite. Dude. That doesn't last, you know, like I can, I can get drunk and have the courage to do something I wouldn't do, or yeah. I can, you know, snort Coke and, and, and stay up all night and work on something. But at the end of the day, like, I can't do that forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it does it's not sustainable. Yeah. And like, I, I, that literally crossed my mind when I was out there. I remember thinking like, you know, I can't, I saw something, a, a documentary once and, and, and they talked about, you know, eventually an addict is going to run out of whatever, whatever it is they want, yeah. everybody you're always going to run out. Uh, and uh, you know, you don't really run out of this stuff if you want to work it, you know, the, the, the recovery stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a day. Like I said, people say, how you stay sober? And I say, well, I mean, I, I don't drink. I stay sober. I, it's not so much like that. I'd even focus on that. It's just a lot. Li- it's just the way I live my life now. You know what I mean? It's transitioned into this whole, it's a lifestyle like that. Just, it's not even a, um, you know, a thought so much anymore, you know? And I, I say that with caution, I'm always aware. Um, but Dude, my life is so much better today without that shit in it. <laughs> you know, like, good lord. Well,
1: yeah, and you talk about it's—it's it's like you, you kind of build a routine and you build a life without alcohol. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine who's just been sober about like four or five months, and he's like, I just—you know—I keep hearing it from him, and that's why we work with other people because he keeps talking like, I feel so good, I feel so good, and, and man, I—you and I—we don't know or we do know, but it's been a while since we woke up totally hungover. Oh, and, yeah. uh, I'm, there's no, like, if you think about it or, or process through going through a drink, like, man, that feeling, could you imagine like having gone out and then that feeling when you wake up in the morning? Oh, I would just be like, cause you, I think I really do think I forget how bad hangovers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, Oh, excuse me. that That's why it's so important when we, when we talk to new people and we're able to be of service because not only do we get to be there for somebody. Right. But they also remind us of what it was like. So we don't forget, you know, in that, in that time. And, uh, that's some powerful stuff, you know, just being able to do that, do that too, to have that yeah, reminder. I mean, Cause we will, we will forget.
1: Well, yeah. And that's what we're, we're wired to forget. You know, that's my, that's not my, not my own devices, right? Like I'm just going to try to get drunk and and high all day. That's what happened to me. So I have yeah. to have a complete program to flip it on its ear. And like you said, part of that program is, is going, you know, working with others, getting the meetings, all that stuff. So. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's dive into that a little bit, a little bit deeper, Pete, like, you you know, we've, uh, we've kind of scratched the surface here and um, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear more about your background and then maybe, you know, maybe take us back to when, you know, when this kind of, um, or what your mentality maybe was like as, as a younger younger person um and then how did you get into uh, having your first drink and then what we'll, we'll kind of what we'll kind of roll from there
1: yeah sure i i was a lot you know you and i talked and i was a lot like you um i love sports and that was like then that was like my number one priority kind of as a kid i guess i just was crazy about sports i love playing sports and uh but I was one of those kids, like, you know, I, I was super hyperactive. I couldn't sit still. And I, the first time I ever had drugs or alcohol, uh, it's been a little bit since I told the story, uh, but I, I was one of those ADHD kids mm. and I was like, such a, such a, you know, for lack of a better word, just a spaz. And, uh, so they put me on uh, Ritalin and I can totally remember going, to get the, like I get it once at home, the Ritalin, and then once at at lunchtime at school. And I can remember going to the principal's office to get it from a Catholic grade school, right? St. Thomas good council and being like, looking forward to it and then taking it and and thinking like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm better than I was before. And I think two things happened for me as a kid through that. Now, dude, I was predisposed to be an alcoholic all through my family.
2: Yeah.
1: But I think that, um, I think that you know that definitely turned me on. There's you know, and if people whatever you take, you, you take you know, Adderall, Ritalin today. that's, I just can't do it because it was one of my hangups. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, I from that point forward, I think I was predisposed. I think I, I realized that I liked uh, controlled substances, um, or I didn't realize that, but I, I looking back now, I realized that. And I also even at the time, man, I was like ah, I got to take something to be my best self. Like I'm not, and this is nobody's fault, right? I got to give the disclaimer, but I, I I, felt like I wasn't good enough. I have to take something to be my best self. And it like that kind of, that just evolved, dude. Like I, you know, I uh, drank a lot in, in high school, you know, and, and I was, I, I, I could talk to girls when I got drunk, you know, I, I, could, I could never talk to girls. Never, uh, you know, when I would go to a dance in eighth grade, I was fucking terrified. And then I started to drink, and in ninth grade, I couldn't wait to get there. And like yeah. that was such such an empowering thing. And uh, I drank on weekends, and then when I figured out we could drink during the week, we started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like when you when you realize you can you actually have a beer before noon. Like all these doors, yeah. as an alcoholic, I would go through. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be an athlete and, uh, I, I played football and that was another thing too. I would take, I would take speed before I played whenever I could. And mm-hmm. it, that made me feel like I played better on it. I did. Uh, and you know, I ended up getting, I got a scholarship to, to college to play football. And my, my first big consequence shame was when I was, uh, I got, I got a scholarship and I'm going to play in this Philadelphia all-star games where I'm from outside of Philly. And, uh, this doctor, or they had to give me a, uh, a physical and the, the guy giving me the physical, it wasn't like a cardiologist or anything, but he was like, Hey man, like your heart is beating, you have an arrhythmia of some sort. Like if you're going to play in this all-star game, you gotta go see a cardiologist. And I had been partying a ton, you know, wow. taking a, I started to take prescription pills before school, uh, when I was a senior in high school and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, like we are wearing in the mask, you know, like I'm, I'm on the outside. I'm this guy who's a good athlete and I'm supposed to be like going places but on the inside. All I cared about was getting fucked up. Yeah. And, and my ego so. liked football because it got me attention and stuff. And it People would, would tell me how great I was. Um, or sometimes my coaches would tell me I suck, but I, I, I liked, yeah, I liked the outside yeah. world telling me I was great. And, uh, I go to see the cardiologist and the guy's like, he's like, you have something called cardiomyopathy and you you, you know, you, you will probably never play football again. And if you could have gotten this one of two ways by alcohol and drug abuse or like a virus going through your body, uh, that would have called viral cardiomyopathy. And I was like right away, dude, I was like, yeah, it had to be a virus, you know, like, because I did not want to give anybody the opportunity to put themselves in between me and my alcohol and drug consumption. I couldn't yeah. imagine. I know you, 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 you come with it, I couldn't imagine a life without attitude. Yeah, you know. Well,
0: just think, just think about it. What what you have said already, just about the start with the Riddlin. Um, you know, back in the day, this you, that you need a substance or you need something, um, to be yourself. So, or or to feel comfortable in your own skin, and that starts at a young age, and then. As you get older, it progresses obviously, and so there's never like a real, true opportunity to be your authentic self in that because you're constantly using some sort of substance as a tool to be outside yourself, you know. So that's just insane in itself,
1: right? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, totally. And and for me, you know, I didn't get to figure. I'm still figuring out who that authentic self is. <laughs> me too. Um, me too. But, you know, but yeah. but. He, but he ain't, it ain't all bad, you know, right. and, and, and I don't know what, I I don't know what that fear was I had, right. I guess it was alcoholism that kept me from wanting to learn who I am yeah. uh, or learn about who I am and learn who I was. It just kept me, from, I was just terrified of, of actually being who I was.
0: And that's what's so cool about like today when we cut that shit out, it's like, yeah, we're, we're both, you know, still growing in who we are as human beings, as men, as dudes and we're trying to figure it out and we still jack shit up. Like we're, we, we're not perfect, (laughs) but like we get the opportunity though, to like learn and to practice and to, and to try to do better. You know what I mean? Versus just like completely blocking every, everything out, which, um, is just super unhealthy. So, um, man, so, so you find out that you have, what was it called again?
1: it's called cardiomyopathy. So I was finding, I was going, I would already like signed, you know, for, for letter of intent to go to play uh, football. And, uh, so luckily I went to, so I went to the university of Richmond and they honored my scholarship. And, and so I went there for four years, was on a full athletic scholarship. And, uh, you know, I never part of my life too. Like I was very entitled. You know, born. I heard a guy say, and I would just say, "I was born on third base. Thought I hit a triple." You know, I I I didn't I didn't understand <laughs> shit yeah. about hard work or about you know working to get uh to get somewhere. I was just kind of like you know, I was a nice guy. I get by on a on a smile and a handshake, and I thought I could do that forever. Yeah, and. And so I got into college, and I just kept on with that. You know, I never – and it's like you were just talking about. I, I obviously had a real tough time, I, like anybody would, right, with you, you're, this thing that you focused on for so long, football, you can't play it anymore. And all my friends are playing, and uh, there's a certain level of camaraderie that they're experiencing that I'm not because I was still working with the football team. And, you know, Shane, it's not like I'm going – to a meeting or going to a therapist talking about these feelings, I'm just getting fucked yeah. up, you know, like yeah. whatever you got, I'll take it. Uh, and, uh, and I was smoking a lot of weed, like, like, you know, you, you try to like, kind of like what you were saying when we talked to uh, last week, you know, like, it's like, you can just do anything when you're high, right? It's yeah. just like you're doing it during the day or whatever. It just becomes second nature. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's no way to live. So I was just high and drunk all the time. Oh, by the way, I have, a real heart defect. (laughs) And, uh, it it was, you know, that, that is, that's insanity. You know, that is complete insanity. Yeah. Wow. man. And and then I, I'll I'll move forward with it. So then I, uh, I, I get a job. I moved to New York city. I'm working, uh, with this, I'm working for a sports agent. And, uh, you know, everybody's kind of on the outside looking in like, wow, like this guy's got, he's kind of got it going on. And man, I was, I, you know, inside, I didn't even, I didn't really know there was anything wrong with me. I was just kind of like ignorance is bliss. I really didn't have a bad life. I mean, anybody that came in in contact with me, I I, I would burn them probably at some point, but it was still fun at this time. And then, uh, and I'll tell you when I was living in New York, I, um, I I started to really do cocaine and that was like, you know, the first time I did that shit, I was like, I, I need to do this every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. I mean, really. Yeah. And and I thought like, this is it. I, I have more so than alcohol. I was like, I have figured it out Oh because yeah. this stuff can help me drink, drink more and stuff. Oh. And so what happened to me then was I just kept at it and I, I snorted my way out of, out of a job, out of relationships. Oh. I, I was, I, I was, you know, Broke on my own, and so I, I moved back. Luckily, I had two good parents who were loved, loved the shit out of me. My dad was a functional alcoholic, so that is all through my family, yeah. uh, all his family. You know, if his family, if they didn't get sober or get locked up, they died from from drinking. It's just how it was. But like we talked about with you, another uh, similarity: as long as you know, he always had a job, so it was kind of like he was okay. And you know, because he came from that old school mindset. And, uh, back, this is so back to what I was saying. I, I, I go back home to my parents and, uh, I'm, I'm messing around, getting drunk. You know, I'm, I'm taking, taking their car when they fall asleep, driving down to Philly, getting drugs. And this is all like, How old you know, are you I was about this
0: time, like tw- in your 20, early 20s, tw- 20, yeah. 27, 26, oh, okay.
1: 27. 20s. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I had, uh, one time I went down to Philly to get Coke. I, I was drunk. My parents were asleep, you know, and I was a guy who kind of like people looked at from the outside. I was like, oh, Pete's doing okay out of college. And now I was yeah. a mess. People, everybody knew I was a mess. And uh, I, 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 I drive the car down to the city to go to Philly and I get a DUI. I, you know, I pull up on a median and I'm like, oh, gosh, I, I called the police and I'm like, Hey, you got to get me off this media and I got someplace to go. And they're like, you're coming with us. So that was, that was my first like, uh, experience with AA. And, uh, I, cause I stopped that night. Um, or I spent the night in jail the next morning. I, um, I went home and, uh, I told my parents, I was lucky, man. Mm. I don't know if you had anybody like this in your life, but a friend of mine got sober. His name, is F. he got sober when he was like 19 because when we were taking pills and all this stuff and in high school he just he lost his shit and uh you know ended up in psych wards and then ended up in rehab and he ended up okay and i knew like wow pete is sober he was going to meetings and i called him in the fucking typical like you know recovery right the guys at my house that night and he takes me to my first meeting and it starts to work i start to go to meetings i start to build my esteem back up but uh, I, I wasn't ready and here's what happened to me. I don't know if anybody listening this this has ever happened to you or this happened to you shame, but like, I just didn't, I was sober for about 90 days and I didn't feel like I was a part of. And, uh, and I was out, I was hanging with my buddies playing video games. I was still, you know, my, my old friends weren't bad guys, but you know, I, I couldn't hang out like they could. Uh, and, uh, but they were smoking weed and I just wanted to be, put up wasn't my problem. So I started to smoke weed and then, it took me another nine months before I started to drink again, uh, but boy, once I did, man, the first night I got drunk, I was looking for you know what, and yeah. and 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 it was off to the races again. And I, I, I don't yeah. know
0: what it is about that about that drug because I I never did a lot of that when I was not drinking, but as soon as I got alcohol in me, it was like boom, let's go. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah. know what, And dude, yeah, it was. It, it's it's easy to go down you know, down that, uh, that path. And I, I, I definitely relate to you too. Um, I get a lot of questions about this, like, well, what about my friends and the people I hang out with now? Well, what's that old saying? Number one, like, show me the five people you hang out with and I'll show you your future or something like that. So we got to be careful. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean that like I still have good friends that like I partied with. They're still my homies. Like I still see them. I don't see them often. We don't hang out like we used to, obviously, with family and stuff, but like, it doesn't mean they're bad people or they're bad dudes. We all kind of went down different paths, but like, I literally had to remove myself from those situations, especially early on, and that was really tough to do, and so I know a lot of guys relate to that. and and have that question. Well, does that mean I can't be friends? Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be friends. Maybe there's some dudes that you shouldn't be friends with, no doubt. But like, it's just like, you have to be able to navigate on the, you know, on your own and, and go down your own path. Otherwise, man, like your situation, you went back and slowly but surely it took nine months, but eventually you're right back to where you
1: started. Probably worse, right? Oh yeah. Way worse. And, 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 and to what you said, man, like I, uh, you know, you got to take a minute in my experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's nobody, dude, who I can't hang out with now. Now there's, like you said, there's certain people who are just out of my life because they're, it just didn't work out. You know, like there was like, yeah, it was next level stuff. uh, You know, whether it was drugs or toxic relationship or whatever, but there's, you know, if I'm, if you're in my life today, you might smoke weed, you might do, I don't know what, or you might get drunk, but like, you know, you don't do it all the time, but, the, the secret to me knowing who I am is I know that I can't do it at all. Yeah. And like, you know, that, that's, that's hard to, to reconcile. I, mm-hmm. Like, like I can't do it at all ever. And, you know, without like freaking yourself out, you know, and being like I'll never ever, ever be able to do it, but just, I can't do it today. Yep. Uh, you know, if, that, if that's what it takes people to get through and, uh, yeah. So I started to drink, uh, and, uh, I still kept getting jobs, you know. I ended up I was I ended up doing PR. I worked in the NBA, and uh, you know that's another thing. It's like that ego thing. Yeah, you know I thought that I was better than people, and uh, you know ultimately I just totally crashed and burned. I mean, I was I was out of moves, dude. You know <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I was out of moves. I I was. Uh, you, I, worked I was for, the same you worked for thing.
0: Charlotte and Philly,
1: right? In, yeah, I worked in, for the Sixers and the Hornets. Yeah. So w- which
0: one was first? Was it Charlotte or? Uh,
1: uh, so when I after I started to drink again, I got a job in, in Charlotte, and uh, so I worked for the for they were the Bobcats at the time. The uh, team had okay. just come back. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I worked there, and I worked there from 2004 to 2007 or eight, and then I I'm from Philly. I got a job. I did public relations. I came back to Philadelphia. And I, I worked there. I did public relations for the fixtures. And that was one of the things, too. Once I got back, you know, I'm drinking, I'm using, and now I'm back home. So I think I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, see, like, I, I can I can, still get drunk and be successful. Yeah. And, man, I'm telling you, it didn't take long. <laughs> wow. I mean, it didn't take long, dude. So, so and, were you uh,
0: partying pretty hard while you were working for, like, at that time yeah. in your life? Like, so you, you were thinking, like man, I'm good, I got this, I'm still living this kind of party lifestyle, but I, I have a good job, I'm taking care of business, but that doesn't always last long, right? After so, <laughs> No. <so> it, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, and then like the, the overall addict just just takes over. Uh, and, and I knew that I was in trouble and I didn't care. You know, I knew that my life revolved around drugs and alcohol, and I didn't care. That's just the way it was going to be. That was... Yeah that was going to be my life. And I remember, you know, I, I was, I would get I remember in Charlotte, I would get paid on Friday. Right. And then, uh, I, that, that day I would, you know, cause I'd always go broke no matter how much money I had. I'd always spend all my money everywhere. And, uh, so when I got paid, the first thing I would do was arrange for, the drug dealer to come meet me outside the arena. And I'd meet him at like, you know, noon or whenever the fuck the guy woke up two thirty, 30. And, uh, and I, and I, and I, that was my first priority though. Like people get paid and they, and they pay their bills or they pay their rent. I was like, okay, when am I going to meet Petey? (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, outside, outside, Uh, uh, that was the guy's name. It was an alien, So we're okay. When am I going to, when am I going to meet him outside the arena? And like, that was like, and it was like totally like, I didn't even have, you know, here I am, quote unquote, like you're not, I'm not under the influence at the time. I would arrange for this to to happen, but I had never even had any guilt about it. I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to party tonight. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to be late on my rent. uh, I'm going to get evicted and then I'll move in with this girl. It's just like, dude, it was crazy. Um, And then finally, when I was in Philadelphia, I got, you know, and this is one thing you learn in life. And this helped me out, not right away, but it helped me out. I got, I got fired. I mean, they said that I was, um, part of like, you know, uh, people, you know, they let a bunch of people go at the same time, but I was one of those people. And, uh, I mean, I, I was like, what took them so long? You know, I had that I had it coming for a while and, uh, you know, and then I, then I was just, it was three more years of just partying and drinking and trying to make sense of it. You know, you mentioned like, this is a kind of an interesting story and it's, it's just fucking worth telling. So I'm, yeah. I get back into, I get back to Charlotte. Um, and this is like, as I'm coming out, but the people there didn't know enough about my situation. I actually got a job working for the, for the Hornets. I'm doing radio for them and, uh, I'm doing radio for the Hornets and I'm doing, doing cocaine all the time. Anytime I have enough money to get it, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, you build speed and, 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 and you're, you know, you're podcasting and there's something about your delivery when you're it's no good. I cannot imagine
0: bro. I like, seriously, I think back to like when I used to just get yacked out of my mind and like, Holy shit. I don't even remember the conversations alone. Like the, you know, being able to like have a thorough discussion about something or, or be on point like that. Good Lord. You know? (laughs)
1: It's no, be tough. So I'm, I, <laughs> oh man. So I, it's funny. I'm from the Northeast and everybody, we're in North Carolina. Everybody's like, man, I, you know, I knew you were from the Northeast and I remember you. I don't, remember. I don't remember you talking this fast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Straight, just fast forward. huh? <laughs> oh man. So I'm doing, but I'm, but I mean, long story short, I'm doing lines and, uh, you know, at work and, and going on the air and, and, uh, you know, I wasn't like the face of like the, the Hornets yeah, radio yeah. broadcast or the Bobcats at the time, but I did pregame and halftime and postgame. And I can remember snorting lines before, you know, playoff game and just trying to get through Ugh. like my little like air checks. Yeah. And, and I was losing it, dude. And I was like, I just want a vodka tonic or, 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 or I want off the planet. And as I'm thinking this, I'm standing by the court and, uh, you know, Michael Jordan owns the team and he walks by me and he, he just knows my face because he knows me yeah. from, I work for him. Um, and he kind of nods and he pats me on the back and when he pats me on the back, he's pat me on the back, just kind of like saying, Hey, get the fuck out of the way. I'm going, he's going to see <laughs> you, yeah. but he pats me on the back to kind of, you know, how people do that. They'll pat you and move yeah. you over. Yes. And, uh, he pats me on the back and I like jumped. Oh, like I was wow. like so jumpy. And I remember thinking like, I gotta get out of here. Like, and this is a moment that probably should have been one of the best moments of my life. I always yeah. loved sports like we talked about. I'm working, you know, I'm on the radio. And, and all I wanted, dude, was off the planet or, or another drink. And, uh, and, you know, that's where this shit takes you. So um, and eventually I just, yeah, yeah, and eventually I just, you know, to wrap it up, I just ended up going home. Um, again, right. Cause I, I you know, I, I, had a contract. They didn't renew really my contract. I don't even think I had a contract. I was like an hourly employee yeah. and I go back home and, uh, I was like, I was just so done. And it, you know, I was going to meetings and I don't know if you've ever done this. I couldn't stop. I'm going, I'm yeah. trying to get sober and right. And then I'm leaving and I'm, and I'm high. Did you ever have that? You know, once once I stopped this in
0: September, my 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 date September 11th, I I didn't really go through that since then. But in the beginning, yes, I went to a couple. Of, like Seth actually took me to a couple of meetings, early on, and I remember sitting in there just going, "Man, I'm not like these people. Like I'm good. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't uh, have this, you know." And then yeah, sure as shit, I'd be out, you know, drinking that night, uh, doing doing the thing. But I I didn't I didn't have it. Uh, maybe as much as you're describing it, where it was a consistent thing, where I was going to meetings or uh, anything like, yeah. like, you know, drunk or anything like that. But I, hold, I just wanted yeah. to, I want to back up real quick, just with the Charlotte yeah, thing, sure. r- real fast. You because, can ask me whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So I, well, I just, I want to point out too, like how the insanity of that, like you're in what some people would would think is just like this. You know, I mean, it is like what a great position, a great opportunity to be with the NBA organization. Um, and then let alone uh, it's owned by Michael Jordan. So he's, you know, in the vicinity and you you yeah. have you have all this opportunity and and, um, you know, just so much so much to, to live for, I guess, you know. But it, it, and at the same time, you can't even embrace it. You can't even enjoy it. And and you really don't even care if you're living or not at that time. That is the like it's so insane when we think back about it. When I think and to hear you say that, you know, it's crazy.
1: Zero gratitude. Yeah. Uh, oh, you zero. know, again like yeah. in, 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 zero yeah. gratitude. Uh and I try to use that patience. I try to use the patience we learn um when I'm around younger people in general, mm-hmm. people who may not know any better. Cause I know I sure as hell didn't. It took me, I'm a very slow learner and it took me a long time. Uh, you know, like you and I talked about, we still get jammed up and we still jam shit up, but like, yeah. as I'm way better than I used to be. But I, I, I will hear somebody pop off whether it's somebody I will, of course, it's younger and I'll be like, how, you know, how dare they? That's my first thought. And then I'm like, dude, when you were their age, like, yeah. I can't even imagine what I was like to be around. How, I I, I know people say I was okay and whatever, but I, I don't think that I was a very tolerable person to be around. And, uh, you know, it goes to what you're saying. There's no gratitude. There's no, there's just zero. Uh, for me, it's like, I just had zero. Well, it's, like
0: pers- it's like perspective too. just zero no perspective. perspective. Yeah. Like no, um, no, no maturity either. You know, I know my twenties were just a, a wreck, you know, it was just one big party. And so there was like, I was like trying to be a grown man, but I was 16, you know, or or 12 some days. Just so, just no perspective on life. But what's funny is at the same time, no perspective on life, but thinking I fucking know everything at the same time. Uh It's like, dude, are you kidding
1: me? Is that that, that just a life thing in your 20s? Like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess, man. Because I I thought, I, I didn't know there was anything I didn't know. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't know anything, (laughs) nothing.
0: Yeah. I just had no clue, man. And, And so like to even to bring it back to the gratitude thing, like when we do gain some general perspective on how valuable this life is, how short this life is, how, how the value of time, the value of time, how it's irreplaceable. And so these moments that God presents us to be in you know, whether they're with family, a job, a relationship, just taking a walk with your damn dog down the street or something, man. Those moments, they're so precious. We only get to do them once. And so like the the, the Michael Jordan moment for you, that happened one time in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't quite go the way you, you would have wanted it to. <laughs> but at the same time, at least you have perspective now and you're able to see, okay, boom, I learned from that. And now, you know, you have opportunities to you know, to appreciate things better. But dude, that's, well, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that too, because it's,
1: it's, well, yeah, there's a and lot I, to it. And I, mm. there is a lot to it. And I have, and I have, a, there's it's kind of a, like the ending is I'll just fast forward. I get, and we'll go back through how I got sober. I won't yeah, take forever, yeah, but I'll it. tell you, cause, no, it's cause all good. but when I get sober, I'm probably three years sober and uh, I'm working back in basketball and I see people from Charlotte uh, that I worked with before and they can tell I'm different and i've already written a men's letters these people told them you know you know just did did, did the deal and uh and
0: you're back they hire me back you're back in philly though at this point
1: at this point i was actually yes i'm living in okay. philly but i'm i'm working like freelance stuff for the nba i'm i'm working my way back okay and uh, the guys from charlotte who i kind of worked for and they let me go or didn't rehire me they're like hey come back and work for us we see you you got a light in your eye so I go back now. I'm four years sober. I'm working in Charlotte, and I remember one time, it was before a game. Uh, Michael Jordan and 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 this guy Buzz Peterson. They're walking down the hallway again. Lee, Michael don't know me if he fell if he fell over me, but he <laughs> kind of he's got a feel. Is one of the guys that work for him, and the guy Buzz Peterson walks by me and he says, "Hey, Pete," and and Jordan slaps me on the back again, and and this time I'm sober, oh. and I remember thinking, and I remember thinking like. Thank you, God. And again, I'm just like a peon. I'm doing like like little bitty radio stuff. But yes. I was like, Thank you, God, for putting me in a position to, to understand because I was on fire. I still, you know, now I don't know how, how you are. When I was four years sober, I I was I was more I was more grateful than I am now. And I need to rediscover yeah. that's just me being real honest. I need to get I kinda need to get back to work in certain areas of sobriety. Yeah. Uh, but I but I certainly had it at that moment and I was like, Man, this is this so wait, great, so but,
0: I'm I'm an asshole because I spoke too soon. So you, this actually happened
1: twice in your life. <laughs> and the second well, time, yeah, kind of, I mean, yeah. kind of, but and you, honestly, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't fucking make that up. And and to tell that story is almost awkward because it seems like you know it's it's, but it's true. It's what yeah. happened. That that's what happened. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, but to get there, I'll just quickly tell you, I I bottomed out uh, and. I was going to meetings. Like I told you, I could not stop. And then this is where the magic starts to happen. I, 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 I I asked a guy to be my temporary sponsor and he's like, okay, let's go to a meeting tonight. Right. And I'm like living with my parents. I got nothing going on. I'm, I'm hanging with some seriously unsavory characters. And, uh, I, I, uh, the guy picked me up the temporary sponsor and I'm on like, you know, my, I, Stole some of my mom's like clonopin. I've been like you know sneaking like vodka or whatever. I probably smell like shit, but I think I don't because it's vodka. And then uh, <laughs> and then right and then, like you, the vodka rebels before yeah. work and uh, yeah. and. Cheap vodka smells like shit. For those oh, who don't it know, does. it does. Come, it <laughs>
0: comes out of your pores. There's a scent to it, and you're like, and you think you're so smart too. You're like, oh, vodka. I don't, I don't even stink. But man, when you smell somebody's drinking vodka, you can smell that shit, and it's gross, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: disgusting, yeah. and it's very obvious. So, anyways, I um, this guy doesn't want to go to a meeting. He wants to go to dinner, and I'm like. I'm gonna have to sit across from this dude for like an hour. And I'm sitting across from him. And I don't know if the guy, I still, I don't know to this day what exactly he was thinking, but he told me his story. And part of his story was he went to rehab. Oh, and he wow. said to me, like, you know, I think he's like, I think that's probably what you should do. Uh, that was my experience and it worked. And dude, I came home. Um, I was 33 or 34. And I like put my hands on my hips and I said to my parents, like, I've got an idea. I think I should go to rehab. And they're like, fucking thank God, dude. And, uh, and I call, and typical alcoholic, I'm like, all right, just give me a week. You know, so I went down to Charlotte. I went down to Charlotte. I didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of, but somehow I put together enough money to party for a week. And then I came back in November 7th, 2011, I checked into Care and Treatment Center in Pennsylvania and my life totally fucking changed. It, it was just amazing. First of all, I was, I, I really believe I was done, you know, and whatever, whatever gets you there, dude, yes. whatever gets you to rehab, whatever, you know, I remember, I think I may have mentioned this to you. I, I remember talking to a guy about, you know, he was kind of facilitating me going to the rehab and he mentioned that they gave, they, they give you stuff to help you off the alcohol, like tapers, like Librium, you know, oh, yeah. um, like Valium, And I remember thinking like, yeah, well, when I get there, I'll be able to get high. Like, and like, what, you know, it's like whatever gets you there. If you have a husband who can't stop drinking and he needs to drink a bottle on the way, I've been told that that's not, I know guys that are sober today, many years that that's how they got there. Uh, You know, so whatever gets you there. And when I got there, dude, the biggest thing Shane, I can tell you is I started to follow suggestions. And when I was finished my 30 days there, uh a couple people are like, You probably shouldn't go home. You should go somewhere else. There's a long term recovery center in Maryland. Um, it's basically a fucking halfway house. And yeah. uh I went I went there and I went there uh and they were like, You gotta get a job. I was like, I don't want to I don't you know, I don't need to get a job. Guys are working at seven eleven and shit. And I'm like, I don't you know, <laughs> if you could get this one guy had a job at Hollister, right? And you would have thought he was like, you know, hosting the tonight show. It was like the bad wow, coming to Hollister. So they, uh, I ended up getting a job at, uh, at at KFC for like four months. I worked at a Kentucky Fried Chicken and uh, it was exactly what I needed. You know, really? it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember showing up there and being so, you know, you're sober and you relearn how to live or yeah. you learn how to live. And so like I was sitting in front of this fucking cash register, like I was getting ready to fly, in, uh, you know, an F. 14 or whatever, or whatever kind of plane. I was like, Holy shit, dude. I was yeah. so nervous. Uh, you know, and if the line was long, sometimes like the fight or flight, I would just go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. They'd be like, dude, you're going to the bathroom. There's fucking 20 people in line. I'm like, I'll be right back. You know, like, <laughs> and I had to learn, I had to relearn how to live, dude. And, uh, I always tell people at the end of this time, uh, when I was finishing up at seven uh, or uh, KFC, I remember this, you know, you get your, you get your fear back. I, I was yeah. working with sponsor. I'm going to a ton of meetings. I'm living in, in a, in a, in a recovery house where I have this camaraderie. It's unbelievable where I'm going home and I'm talking to other alcoholics, guys who want it. And I'm feeling good about it. So I'm like, this just working. And, uh, one of the last things that happened to me at KFC was this guy was going through the drive through and uh, he was being a total dick, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. I have the headset on, and walk around, he's like, hey, where, where is everybody, you know, like, I'm waiting for a while, <laughs> yeah. and I get on, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, sorry, sir, one of the uh, chickens got loose in the back, <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the guy's like, the guy's like, chickens, I'm like, dude, well, I'm just kidding, I'll uh, be right there, yeah. and it's like, you know, you start to you start to find yourself again, you start have to have fun, fun and uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, this life is, is, is a great life, um, because we're here, dude. You just, uh, and it's, you just yeah.
0: reminded me of uh, of Rule sixty two, one of my favorites. Don't take yourself so damn serious, you know. And that Ugh. it's it's such a it's such a great rule and a great tool to have because I you know in those times when I start going down that path, like getting mad or frustrated, or whatever, I go, wait a minute, I don't have to take myself too serious. Rule sixty two is it really that big of a deal? And nine times out of ten, it's not. You know, so it just reminded me of that, like, man, you're starting to have a little fun again. You're starting to be able to joke around and like, Hey, you know, and, and so what you didn't stay there much long after that though, after the,
1: no, I, I got done. I spent four, so I spent a year, I'm mean, sorry, a month in the rehab and then four months in the long term recovery place. And then I got out of there and I lived with another sober guy, my buddy, huh. Tim, who's still sober today, nice. Tim and I ended up in rehab together and we ended up at the, uh, recovery house together. And we moved, we lived in Jersey city, New Jersey, and we worked in a kitchen for a, a, a guy who was at Karen, the rehab with us. He owned a restaurant or a, a catering company in New York city. And when we got done with the recovery house, he was like, if you guys want to come work for me, you can work for me. I'm like, dude, I didn't know the That's first awesome. thing about working in a fucking kitchen, you know, except yeah. for KFC, right? <laughs> Maybe my resume looked <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but so we worked in a kitchen and I got to, uh, I got to that area, you know, New York city is about 25 minutes, not even from Jersey city. Not, it's like five minutes. And, uh, so I was crushing meetings dude. and I, I was, I was going to meetings, you know, if I had to go to, if I not had to, if I went to three meetings a day, I went to three meetings a day and it was awesome. dude. It was awesome. And, uh, I, I, I learned how to live and I started to get my confidence back and I, you know, I think from all the meetings I went to, I really, really understood, the, you know, I respected my disease. I, I, I started to really understand how screwed up I was and how serious this thing was, not screwed up, but, you know, how sick I, yeah. I, I, I was. You think uh, you were and, starting uh, to find
0: like your authentic self? Like, would you? Is that a, a way to put it in some sense?
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So powerful because you start to
0: tell people the truth.
1: Yeah, and it's and they don't fucking run out of there. Like you know? said, you, like not,
0: you, you get to take that because you mentioned earlier about having to like feel like you had a mask on, and I felt a lot like that too. And you you feel like you can remove that mask and just be like, fuck, I don't even care. Like this is me. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, you know, it's like it's so it's yeah. so liberating.
1: And it's almost like I take that mask off every day and I got to do it by going to meetings because if I, or, or, or just working with other people yeah. in recovery, because if, if I don't, I will, you know, I won't be myself. I won't be my authentic self. I'll, I'll What we talk about at the start, I'll, I'll people please yeah. and I'll get myself into the situations that aren't fair for me or anybody else to be uh, in with me.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and you just find, you find your authentic self, you know. And the one thing I find when I'm practicing this program is I have the courage and the strength to do things I used to either get drunk to do or just flat-out lie to people and tell yeah. them that I did.
0: Yeah, and you can do it you know? sober and now.
1: You, <laughs> dude, it's unbelie-
0: yeah. It's really unbelievable. It's funny with the people-pleasing thing, because I've, I've had some issues myself with that as well. And I was talking to my daughter the other day, and she, she was having – um, you know, little thing with, with a couple of friends and stuff. And I said, look, I said, um, I know you want everyone to like you. I, I said, I, I, I had this the same thing. I want everyone to like me too, still. But we have to come to a point where you have to ask yourself, do do I want to be liked or do I want to be respected? And if I'm gonna choose either one, I want respect. So I don't care if you like me, but you're gonna respect me. You know what I mean? And 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 with that wow. for me, what I've learned is that comes because I've learned to respect myself in the first sense. You know what I'm saying? So the it comes back to that yeah. people pleasing part. I think um, I, I I've kind of gotten I don't I'm I definitely it still comes up, but I've gotten better with it over time because like I just this is me. It's it's I mean I feel like it even goes back to taking that mask off. It's like this is me. I am who I am, and I'm gonna speak up if I need to. But I'm always gonna respect somebody as long as they show me respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. And it's hard to do
1: that shit. Like it is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to stand up for yourself. It's it's easy to compromise your belief system yeah. and be like, Oh yeah. Like that's cool. You know, like that guy's a, a, a piece of fucking shit. And then you see the guy that's a piece of shit and you're like, Hey man, what's happening, dude. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. and that, so like in that, that it's easy to do that, uh, to act that way. And then, but man, like but back the in the way day, we did. The back.
0: Well, yeah, because we could just oh. drink about it then. That we didn't care. It was just let totally. like just get drunk, you know. So it, it we didn't yeah. have to deal with any of it, you know. I,
1: I mean, I know the moment I get wrapped up in it, like I can see gossip coming from a mile away. But man, yeah. I sometimes I just can't help but to sink my teeth in it, and then I'll be bullshitting and <laughs> gossiping, right? And then yeah. you walk away, and you're like, ah, I feel gross. Yeah. Why did I do um, that? Yeah. yeah, and the more you practice. Like I love what you told your daughter. The more you practice respecting yourself, like anything else, the easier that becomes. Yeah, you know, That's respecting it. yourself, it becomes—it's like that muscle memory. And and by the way, it feels good to yes. do something esteemable. So you kind of understand, you you feel right. that, and it's like okay, I can keep I can keep this going. It's worth it.
0: It sounds like the the self esteem for for both of us, man. In both the, these conversations, um, you know, when I was on your podcast last week and then today's. Um, self-esteem is is an issue, you know, and and I I, I just heard. My old counselor in rehab, James Cantor, in my head right now, right after you said that, and we would say this in the group, he would say, and how do we build self-esteem? And everyone would say, by doing esteemable acts. (laughs) And so I still (laughs) think of that sometimes. And it's so true. Yeah. I mean, that's the service. That's the, um, you know, just trying to get out of our own damn head by going and helping somebody else. And, you know, we, we build it up like that and it helps.
1: It's huge. Well, and then how do we get drunk again? Well, we do things that aren't esteemable and <laughs> right. True. And then really, and yep. then we, we build up this, this, this pile of shit that we're looking at and we're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I fucking hate myself. I can't yeah. believe I put, I piled up all this shit and then you drink.
0: Yep. That's it. And it's simple. That's the easy, that's the easy out, you know, it's the easy out. So yeah, it really, it really is. And you, you, you grow by
1: going through the hard stuff.
0: Absolutely. That, that's that perspective we talked about earlier. You can look back and learn to appreciate some of the shit that you may have hated at the time, but it's like, Oh wow. That's why, that's why I went through that because that brought me to here, which brought me to there. And then now I'm out here and I could see that, you know, which,
1: well, again, it goes back to faith that we have to have, which I don't have nearly often enough, but like, yeah, you know, that's a cool thing. You know, you've been sober since 2014, right? Like you have a body of work that speaks to, okay when I have faith everything works out as long as yeah. I'm sober and trying to do the next right thing and so it's yeah. like but I'm sometimes I'm way too quick to project the negative negativity than to you know lean on reality
0: yeah I am too I think it's natural like to just go to like it's almost um it's it's uh oh what's it called it's the um not doomsday, but um, well, just when you're projecting, so can you, can
1: you, like, <laughs> you catastrophize. Or yeah, whatever. yeah,
0: exactly. Like everything's just everything's gonna, you know, just go to shit like real quick. And you have, yeah. like, I have those moments still, and you start getting anxiety. It's like, wait a minute, like I, I have no control
1: over any of
0: that. If it happens, yeah. then I'll deal with it then. But I don't have any control over it right now. So I guess it goes back to being in the moment. But
1: um, and dude, since since I'm I'm sober most of that stuff that I'm totally terrified of works out. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it works out great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, and uh, yeah. you know, God, God bless them. I'm not talking about I'm like you dead, but coach K is retiring yeah. and, and I'm not a huge coach K fan, but I do remember reading something once that stuck with me. He said, you know, a lot of players and people have such fear about situations, pressure that, that come with pressure that they're entering into. Um, and they forget that like, it's just such an opportunity. Like, think about like how great it can be.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, like if you just work hard and, and, and enjoy it and seize it, like you can come out with it you can be Christian later, right. you can hit the buzzer beater. Like it's not, you're you're not going to miss it all the time, which people tell, we tell, I tell myself.
0: Yeah, that's good. And it's man, how many times this perspective came up? I think it's a, that's another component, yeah. of it. but we like, in order to have that perspective, we have to be aware. So if we don't possess the awareness, we can't have the perspective. You know what I'm saying? So, and the alcohol, the drugs, it suppresses the awareness in the first place. So we have to start there and then we can start uncovering. Like I, I, I love working with different dudes and like when they, that light bulb comes on and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I can follow my dreams. I can be an entrepreneur. I can, you know, get a promotion. I can have a better relationship, whatever it is when I'm aware of this shit. Cause then that's where the practice comes into it. You know? And like you and I, we, we practice this shit to the best of our ability every day. It's living
1: life. Really? Um, yeah. I, and I love what you say, dude. Like <laughs> what, why not? What, seriously, man, why not you? Why yeah. not me? Why not that's the good. guy you're talking to that's thinking about it? I mean, why seriously why not again I'll yeah. go back to my man Howard Stern he always talks about you know he was a kid and he had no self esteem and he was telling his mom yeah I think I want to be on the radio mm. and his mom would be like why not somebody has to be <laughs> 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 and that's it like shitty and yeah. he said even as a, as a kid that had such a positive impact on it because it's true it somebody's got to fucking do it it's so true
0: oh that's good I haven't heard that one from, from him uh, before that's yeah. interesting yeah <laughs> Um, so, well, I want to, so let's, let's kind of go, let's go into, so you, you, did you go to work in the kitchen with the guy that you met who said to come work in the kitchen? Like where, where yeah, did it go I, from there? I worked,
1: and, yeah. I, worked so I go to the work in the kitchen uh-huh. and uh, again, like I'm crushing meetings and I start to get my self-esteem back, like we talked about, and I yeah. start, so I start going home from meetings. Um, and when I'm living in Jersey City, and I just start firing off emails to people, and I'm firing, you know, people that yeah. I used to work with, and and are, like we talked about careers that I aspire to do, and I really start to put myself out there, and that feels good, right? The yeah. exercise of trying to get another job or trying to get back into to sports that made me feel good. So it steamrolled, and I got a job working. I love to call. Uh, I love play by play doing sports, play by play. And so I got a job. I'd actually never done this before, but I got a job working in the NBA development league. The Brooklyn Nets affiliate at the time was in, uh, and they were, yeah, they were the Brooklyn Nets at this time. Their affiliate was in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I got a job doing play by play for, uh, for, for the Springfield armor. And so I moved up there, you know, I I stayed in a, 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 a red roof in and then I, the, the first year, and then I got a contract, they did like a trade deal where they gave La Quinta marketing, and I could stay at the La Quinta for free because I didn't have any place nice. to live in Springfield, and I yeah. couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, and I really, and I loved it. So I started to do play by play, and uh, you know, getting some real good feedback or some decent feedback. And that's when I ended up working back in Charlotte uh, for for the, and then now they really were the Hornets. Uh-huh. And I'm um, so I'm back there. And I'm chasing my dreams and it just, and I'm, and, and the whole time I can tell you, Shane, I'm, I'm going to a lot of meetings yeah. and I had a, uh, looking, you know, looking at the review a very, very strong program, a, a program that I aspire to have today, uh, that, that I, you know, it's not I'm totally out of reach, but I, I had a, I was happy, yeah. I was living joyous and free, you know, and, uh, I was making good decisions. You know, when you're, when you're into the. The program like that and you're surrounded by alcoholics and you're bouncing stuff off other men in the program or people you trust, you're probably going to make the right decision. And so I was making good decisions. And, uh, you know, from that, uh, I got into TV news and, uh, you know, I, I got, I started, I moved to Louisiana and I started to do morning news, which is crazy. I, for the past seven years, I've been getting up at, uh, at like 2am and, uh, it's crazy, That's dude! The middle of the night, crazy. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so I'm getting up at two. I mean, this is eleven o'clock where you are, midnight where you are, and uh, yeah. I get up at two o'clock, and uh, you know, I go to work. I was in I was in Monroe, Louisiana. Now I'm in Waco, Texas, uh, and uh, and I, I love it. I love I love being able to present the news and and being able That's to awesome. make people smile in the morning. And I and you know, lucky for me it's come back around where I'm now able to do play by play for ESPN. I do, I am I'm, I'm starting to do more games because I love doing that. Yeah. And, uh, if I, yeah. so the more and more I get the opportunity to do that, I, I love that. And of course, you know, the Bible been doing, you know, my podcast for about a, a little over a year. And that was like, I had fear around that. I was like, what are people going to say? Whatever. But what did I do? I talked to people in AA or, <laughs> or the program, you yeah. know, like, and, and, uh, and, and they were like, do it, dude. Like, yeah. like go ahead. And, and so it was sort of, for me, it was another one of those freeing things where I, you know, I became the news anchor with the podcast on recovery and, yeah. uh, dude, I can't tell you, and I know this happens to you. I can't tell you how many people have been like, thank you for doing that. Yep. And it's not always like, Hey, I'm a drunk and I got my life together, but it's the, the understanding of I have a brother or I have a husband Oh, yeah. Who died of this or who can't stop drinking and just thank you for, or my son thank you for shedding shining a light on this yeah you know it's a serious issue and it's deadly
0: bringing it out bringing it out you know into the into the spotlight in some sense because you're right like out of all the talks and all the people I talk I mean even just in the grocery store we'll get to talking sometimes and you know work a lot of the time comes up what do you do you know and every single time it's like oh, my brother struggles with it, just like you said, or, or, or my father or my husband or my son, you know, everybody knows, like when I would do these talks in the corporate space, like I always ask them one thing, like how many people in here know somebody who struggled with alcohol or drugs? And literally, I mean, more than half the room every single time. And I would imagine there's yeah. probably a few hands who don't go up who are just embarrassed. You know what I mean? They don't want to, they don't want to sure. call it out, but it's such a, um, it's such a, has such a big effect on society as a whole and so us doing podcasts us talking about these things and then going outward and not just us of course we're you know we're two little dudes just doing our our part but as a whole in this whole space of people sharing and coming out man it's really helping to bring light to it and drive down a lot of the stigma behind it and go hey i can still have a great life i just got off track for a minute and I'm going to get back on track, and here's some tools and resources, you know, uh, to help do that. Do you feel like you found a lot of good – go ahead. I'm sorry. I I had a question, but uh, – no, I was just going to – I
1: was going to dig Just, like, the one thing about uh, being out there, you know, like there's cool-ass, like, outlaws who are sober, right? Like people (laughs) who are are guys who, you know, you think, oh, like the person that's sober is buttoned up and they're lame or whatever. It's like – or they're the, you know – like, like, no, dude, they're guys like Shane. You know what I mean? Like the guys with, like, you just wouldn't guess like that this yeah. person would person would be like, no, they're guys like me. Like it's, it's, and I think we kind of owe it to the people that are coming after us or that are on the fence to be like, look, man, like we're, we're standing next to you in the line at the grocery store yep. and we're, we're just like you. We're not this like far off thing that you can't relate to. Like you can't, yeah. um, for well, most parts. Okay. So back, back to well, what you were saying. Well,
0: now I got to respond to that, of course, because now yeah. I, you just made me think of something. Like I have a lot of friends in the music business, right? A lot of a lot of big bands and groups that a lot of people would know, and so I'm in these meetings sometimes with these guys, and a lot of it. And this isn't just in the music business. I think this is just in, in probably in entertainment and maybe even some like just more low key businesses too. Um, you would think there's this big badass image, and a lot of the image there, there's a character behind a lot of that you know? And so then on, on personal time though, dude, so many dudes are sober. They don't, they don't mess with anything. Yeah. They, may, they may have before, but a lot of the time, the stuff we see on TV and we hear, and I was re- I really fell victim to that as a kid, like ha- having this idea that to be, you know, um, in the spotlight and you had to live a certain lifestyle and party. And a lot of that came, I think from, you know, influence through media and just culture. And so, I always love telling, like, especially younger kids, like, man, like, that's not, everything you see is not reality. Like, you know, that's not what's really happening. These dudes are like, they got it together. Like, they're sober. They went through their shit, but they, you know, they came out on top and now they're living these, you know, uh, um, uh, and, and they still have fun. It's still party. Like, I love partying sober. I'm gonna have a good time. I'm like I'm yeah. an animal
1: sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And that's like, you do, man, you bring up such a good point is like. I equated like alcohol and drugs with fun and like with celebrity and and with, and with rock and roll and with like, you know, hip hop and punk rock. It's like, no dude. Like that's like, sure. That's a component to it. Of course. That's as old as the story as old as time, but it's, you know, it really is. There's a whole nother side of it that, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of coverage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think that like you've, you've really, um, you found your like a purposeful life in, in today. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, like, I could feel it when you're yeah. talking about it, man, just doing the news, you know, play by play. Now you kind of, you're back in, in what you love to do, but it's in a complete different mindset and different, different time.
1: And the bottom line is, and that's why I feel purposeful and this is so whatever. Um, but I'm just going to say it, you know, over the course of my life, I have had this ego and fear driven thing. Like I've got to do, X, Y, or Z, I've got to succeed in sports or I've got to be on TV or I've got to, you know, do this on the radio or whatever, uh, in order for people to validate my existence. Right. Yeah. And that, that never happened. Even in sobriety, yeah. the one thing that has come back around and has been fulfilling for me is sharing, uh, sobriety through these podcasts. I, I can't awesome. tell you the feedback and the people and it's not like it's overwhelming you know what I mean like my inbox isn't like overflowing but people do tell me hey man like this is really and people who you never think they really appreciate what what I'm doing what you're doing and it's like yeah. the least we can do the least I can do so that makes me feel it and that and along along with being you know, practicing my part in recovery, that makes me feel purposeful. It's really the the only, the only thing. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit before we, before we wrap up today about your podcast, the payoff with Pete's on rogue media network. Uh, I thank you so much, by the way, too. I just had a great opportunity to come on the show in the last episode. So guys, if you're listening out there, go check Pete's podcast out. Um, Tons of good content on there. And before we, before we have you dive into it a little bit, I, here goes my crazy, creative, um, artistic, like yeah, let's do it, like type of thing. But I, we, we should do like a panel podcast sometime. Maybe me, you, maybe we can throw in another podcast or someone, um, you know, and just oh, have dude, cover. we could do me, like a live uh, stream or something and take questions or I don't know, man. It, we've done a couple of them and I haven't done one in a minute. It'd be a lot of fun to do, man. I'd love to do it with you. I feel like we riff really well together. So okay, cool. We'll talk about that yeah. after.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: So yeah, tell us about I'm the in. payoff with Pete.
1: Uh, you know, it was started, I started it last February and it's, uh, it, it was one of those things where, and it's similar to yours. I, you know, when I, when I would sit in meetings, I would think, man, I would love that. Uh, you know, cause the, those, when people talk and tell their stories, that's to some of the most captivating moments of my life. When other alcoholics in sobriety are sharing their experience, strength and hope. And I, and uh, selfishly, because uh, I, I, I'm a selfish dude, I always want to ask questions. I'm curious about stuff. Yeah, And I've listened to Howard Stern forever and I've listened uh, to other podcasts. I, I, I like Bill Simmons, but he, he's not, I don't put him on the same uh, you know, pedestal as, as Howard Stern. But I, I, I liked long form yeah. and I liked getting to know people. And I liked that everybody had a story. And to me, there's nothing more in, interesting or inspirational than uh, somebody's story of sobriety. And it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, and if you're somebody who's experienced some success and people might know, well, that's just more helpful. Uh, because I think that they have tentacles that can you know, extend all over the place. Uh, so it, to me, it, it got started just by, I, I was, I was interested in this. It was something that, you know, a lot of times we end up doing stuff that we could care less about. And this was a pa- Literally, I finally found your <laughs> people with hobbies and passions. I mean, I like to run, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, this was finally, I found something yeah. where I was like, Oh, I want to do this and this feels good. So that's, you know, it was kind of selfish, uh, at the same time, but I also felt like anybody I asked uh, about whether I should do this, they all said, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And then you just went for it.
1: Yeah. It, I'm in. Yeah. I went for it and, and I started totally. And I started to, you know, just like I said about sending emails, you start to build momentum Yep, and you start to get, you know, just like you have. You know, I'll do a podcast where I'm talking to a guy uh, in my home group in Texas, and then I'll talk to a guy I got still with in Philadelphia, and then I'll talk to Ryan Lee, you yeah. know, and then I'll talk to Jerry, Jerry Cooney, and then I'll talk to Dave Kushner, like yeah. guys who pe- people might know. Um, and you just kind of sprinkle them all through, uh, and it all it all kind of works. It's just all kind of a beautiful spider web, just like just like recovery. Yeah, yeah, I love
0: it. And I, I, what I love about it too is. There's a component I think to to staying away from alcohol from drugs from finding authentic self, from finding purpose and part of that component at least for for me and I feel like for you and just what you're describing and, and for so many dudes out there, there there's a missing link when we're stuck in that shit. there's a missing piece of us and so I I always I always tell guys like try to find that childlike Spirit. What did you do as a kid that you love to do and try to do that as an adult? Obviously, you know, there's some things that might not work, but like if you, if you skateboarded as a kid, I don't give a shit if you're 40 go skateboard a little bit, go ride around. But don't, don't break your neck. But like, do yeah. we, we have to find something we enjoy to do. And then maybe it's something big, maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's starting a podcast. Maybe it's something that we find that we're passionate about. And if it's, if it's in the space of service where we can help people, that alone will help drive us on the right path. And with, you know, other components as well, trying to stay sober, if that's the case. But um, when we're passionate about something, man, it sparks something that makes us feel alive again. And as men, it's over. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead as men. Well, I was going to say as men, I feel like when we get to be adults, we get responsibilities. A lot of, you know, we have kids, we get married, whatever, whatever life kind of takes over and we forget how to have fun. We forget that we, there's shit that we like to do. And so once we find that again, if we've lost it, that's a really important component to me in my recovery. Like, like I tried surfing last year. Like, I didn't. I always wanted to try surfing. I didn't get the chance until I, until I was almost forty. The heart. It's the hardest sport I've ever tried. How to go? How to one. go, dude? It's so freaking hard. It's like super hard. But it was so fun. It is. I mean, we're going down in uh, just about a week and a half, and I'm gonna go surf for the week while we're on vacation, and at least attempt to. I'm probably get my ass kicked, but <laughs> it's. But like, it was the. It was the excitement of trying something new again and, and getting out there and going for it, not being afraid to suck. You know what I mean? And like, you you, know, you experienced some of that with the podcast. Like there's fear involved. Like what's, what are people going to think? What are they going to say? Like, but at the end of the day, just go for it. You know what I mean? Just go for it. Just dive in.
1: When I started to anchor the news, I, I first of all, I'm dyslexic. Um, and I got a job in a, in a, real small market in Louisiana and dude, I could, I could, I was so nervous. I was five years sober. I was so nervous, I couldn't read the teleprompter. I was horrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say this like it's one thing. Like you know how like people recognize you now, Shane, and they'll come up to you and they'll be like, "Hey, man, like I appreciate the podcast." Yeah. I was the guy. You you never want people to recognize you, at least if you're like in local news recognize you and then not say anything to you and start talking about you. Like, man, that's the guy in the news. He's terrible. Like I, I felt that and maybe that's my own, uh, you know, whatever my mind playing tricks on me, but anyways, but I kept going, I wasn't afraid to fail. And I, and I, you know, got to a point where I was, I I do well enough now, you know, like I do well enough on the air. Like I do, you know, I, I, I have grown into, uh, you know, a career, You know, I have a craft that that, uh, some people say I'm good at. And dude, I had that, that, that faith and that inspiration that I got through recovery that enabled me to be like, dude, go for it. You know, don't be afraid to to fail. And like literally even now it's kind of silly, but I'll do this. If it's anything possible or, or anything positive, I'll usually just say yes. And even if it's a pain in the ass, I'm just like, well, that's the job for future Pete, right? Like he'll he <laughs> yeah. up and do it. Yeah. And then the day comes and you got to go through with your obligation. You know, I heard Jimmy Kimmel say that. That's the job for future Jimmy. So that's, you know, yeah. you just got to fulfill, you, you know, you do the right thing and you show up. But uh, yeah, man, it's, yeah. Uh, I totally relate to that. The part about don't be afraid to suck, man. Yeah. Don't be afraid just to dive suck. In, and don't let your man. ego keep you from, 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 mm. from going for it. Cause yeah. now, even now today, I, I mean, you know, my ego, I, I don't want to screw that up because people make fun of me. It's all, you know, bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Like the, we're, we're, you know, the fear gets the best of us. We're like, I'm not even going to try it, but man, if yeah. I, we're going to make mistakes, if we're going to make a mistake, we might as well do it full force, you know? So I'm just going to go for it and adjust along the way. But I, uh, I, I absolutely love uh, chatting with you, man. And I, uh, it's just, it's, um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I th- I feel like you yeah, riff we riff well, man. And uh, you're you're such a professional, bro. And I I really do admire you. And I just I don't want to know tell about you that, that, man, dude. All oh, you are, man. You're great. You're great at what you do. I um. It's it's nice too, just to uh to kick back and chat with somebody who talks uh somebody else who talks for a living as well. Too. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah,
2: know, it's no, a lot yeah. of fun,
0: man. You know, there's an art to it, man. It's not easy. You know, it's 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 something that um, you know, you kind of work and practice that and get better at And you do a great job, dude. And I just, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the podcast today.
1: Well, dude, I tell you, I told you, first of all, you're welcome many times. And, uh, you know, I was researching to do, I advanced Johnson on here, one of our brothers in recovery. And I was researching Vance Johnson and I found your podcast and I was running on the Katy trail in, in Dallas. And I was like, God, this guy is awesome. And then I, you know, and then I went down the rabbit hole, oh, uh, like I was so ha- excited that there was this guy out there with charisma and, you know, had a platform and was talking to people about sobriety, people who I, I'm interested in. So, Thanks, you know, r- r- thank you, dude.
0: Yeah. It means a lot to me, man. I appreciate it. I got to get my, I've only sat on the tarmac in Dallas. I still haven't been to Texas officially. My, I got my, my good buddy Ray, man. We've been bu- buddies since the first grade. He lives out in, uh, Katy, Texas. I think which is KDS right by Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Right near Houston. And so uh, I got to hopefully make my way out there at some point and, uh, and and feel the I'm Texas vibes, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah. Well, where, where could folks reach out to you? Where could, we'll put all the links today to uh, guys listening for, uh, for Pete, for the podcast, we'll put them in the show notes, but um, any, any projects or uh, anything you wanted, wanted to, uh, to mention real quick before we wrap up, Pete?
1: Uh, no, I mean, you know, if people have ever want to get in touch with me, just DM me on Instagram and, uh, you know, the payoff of Pete every, every, we try to get them up Tuesdays or Thursdays, but yeah, we've got about, you know, at least one a week going back yeah. to last year. So there's a lot of, there's a catalog there, you know, just like yours. That's always fun to discover something and to go back. There's a lot of interesting guests, you know, pro athletes, some actors, some musicians, and then guys. Just like me or you, you know, who, uh, who have a message to share, but that's about it, man. Hopefully you'll, you'll hear me or see me on your TV doing some play by play outside of that, man. I'm just trying to, trying to do it one day at a time, you know?
0: Heck yeah, man. I'm, I'm with you, bro. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put the Instagram handle in there and uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, one more time and uh, Pete the payoff with Pete on Rogue Media Network be sure to check out the podcast give Pete a follow uh, dude it's been so so nice to have you on and uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about uh, maybe maybe some uh, little awesome uh, side uh, you know uh, what's it called interview panel, panel we'll or something fun man.
1: Yeah. that'd be awesome man. you got it man thanks He's so done. much Shane I appreciate it alright Pete I'll
0: talk to you later man alright
1: Shane later brother see ya